opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the content creators and should not be assumed to reflect product endorsements or the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to our annual legislative session. You are going to be extremely honored this afternoon with some excellent information. Um, our door prize winner this afternoon is um, a 20, well, the door prize, <laughs> not the winner. The prize is a $25 cash donation from the Greater Orlando Council of the Blind. Yay! Yes. So, <laughs> and the winner is Paul Edwards. Oh, <laughs> so at this time, I would like to turn this over to the Governmental Affairs Committee, and I will introduce Debbie Grubb. Good afternoon, everyone, and thank you. This is a very exciting and special time for me. I have been, whether it was... Um, public education or governmental affairs or legislative, I've done it a long time. I had the honor of taking the torch from Carl, and um, he was so kind and so helpful, and I've done this a long time now, and it's time for me to pass the torch. And for the past year, I have been working with my friend and brother in the cause, Anthony Corona. And um, at the end of this legislative seminar, he will be the new chair of our governmental affairs committee. But I'm not going anywhere. I'll still be pecking around and offering to write stuff and do stuff. I just think that for the health of the organization, so this is a very friendly, loving torch passing. I'll tell you just a tiny little anecdote. Many years ago, I had the honor of carrying the Olympic torch. And you know what surprised me? I was very moved when my torch was lit by the person who was passing it off to me. But when my run ended and I lit the torch of the next person, it was just as moving an experience that we pass things on to one another and we help one another and we work together as a team. And so this is a wonderful thing for FCB. As I said, I'm not going anywhere, but um, I do want to tell you a little bit about our legislative seminar and we're going to let our new chair take most of the lead today. But you know me, I'll be popping up and saying stuff from time to time. But um, I want to explain a couple things to you. We have a couple of changes in our program. Um, sometimes Congress people <laughs> misunderstand what we've asked. What I'm going to tell you is Anthony and I, Anthony and I reached out to um, Representative Chris's office. Anthony has a good friend there. We framed some very excellent questions for him to address. And we offered to get on Zoom with him and record it as we as we did, as Sheila and I did last year with Representative Anna Escamani. And the and the office said, no, no, we'll we'll record it and send it in Dropbox. So I talked to Anthony and he said, Debbie, I don't know what to do. Representative Chris's message is a minute. It's a hello. So thank God. So thank God we have wonderful friends in both FCB and ACB. And I said, I've got an idea. So we're going to let Anthony talk to you about it, but there are going to be several 
teaching moments. We're going to talk about ways of communicating. And communicating, of course, involves speaking and listening. And we've got some real experts here that are going to talk to you. Anthony's going to lead the discussion. As I said, I might have a thing or two to say. But anyway, at so we're going to... Um, Turn it over to Anthony, who will introduce Representative Chris's greeting. We will open with that, and then we will begin our teaching moments. And then at the end, toward the end, we will have a couple of people who were involved in our legislative seminar this year, the ACB legislative seminar, share a couple of their experiences with you. So we're sorry for the disappointment, but I think that we've saved it, and I think that we will knock one out of the park. So with no further ado, I turn you over to your new chair, Anthony Corona. Um, so first and foremost, let me say thank you to Debbie and Sheila. And I want to recognize something before we get into the program itself. Isn't it great that an organization like FCB and ACB has such strong representation, such strong, powerful female voices, such strong diversity? And I think that that's a credit to who and what we are as an organization and what we value. So first and foremost, a round of applause to everyone everyone who advocates, but especially our strong female voices. So as Debbie said, um, we reached out to Representative Chris's office and there was some dialogue back and forth. And in the environment that we're living in, they are pressed to the max. There's bill after bill, proposal after proposal, deal after deal being made. And I truly do believe that Representative Chris wanted to answer the questions. We were looking for about a 20 minute presentation and the time unfortunately ran away from them. So we're really very honored to have this message and we were able through Debbie's quick thinking to readjust our program. So Rick, if you can run that video for us. Hi, I'm Charlie Christ. I just wanted to reach out to my friends at the Florida Council for the Blind. I want to bless you for what you're doing. It's important work. We have to fight for equity, make sure everybody is treated fairly. Sometimes that isn't the case, but in this case, it must be. It must be this way all the time for everybody. As I wear this every day, practice the golden rule every day. Do unto others as you would have done unto you. And to Debbie Grubb, a special shout out. Congratulations on your retirement. God bless you all. <laughs> So not quite the video that we were looking for, but thank you, Representative Chris, if you happen to be tuning in to hear this. <laughs> All right. So we're going to be talking about communication today. And one of those strong, strong and wonderfully open and beautifully blessed voices is Ms. Pam Shaw. She's also going to be our banquet speaker uh, tomorrow evening. So that is a wonderful thing. I will be turning the mic over to her in a minute. But we're talking about communication styles today and how we can effectively leverage what little time that we have when we're advocating into making getting our points across, making sure that they have all the information. And for me, the one thing that I always say to everyone that asks, what's it like? You know, how do you present an effective argument, et cetera, et cetera? I always say, just be you. 
what you know, you know, what you don't know, you don't know. They're not looking for a suit and tie corporate representative or the legislative representative. They want to hear what you're asking. They want to hear who you are and why it matters. So we'll be talking about communication styles, how to effectively present our imperatives, things like that. We'll be speaking with Greg Lindbergh a little bit today. Um, he did an awesome interview. Greg, if you are out in the audience, can you quietly make your way up to the dais and sit with us? And without further ado, I am going to turn it over to Pam Shaw to start us off with ways of empowerment and effective communication. Thank you and welcome Pam Shaw. Well, good afternoon, everybody. Two things for sure. This is the Florida Council of the blind. And number two, I do not congratulate Debbie Grubb on her retirement because she's not retiring. She's just taking a bit of a break, moving into a different position, and she's someone that I know very well. Debbie and I have walked the halls of the Capitol, and man, have we walked. We took a train and a cab and everything we needed to do because we understood how important part of the mission of this organization is. So I am really excited to be here. And when they told me there would be a program change and what I would need to do as part of that change, I just said, okay, what else is new? Because any of you who have done this, you know that there are a lot of last minute things that can happen. And I don't think I'm telling you a tale out of school when I tell you what happened to us one year at the National Convention. Paul Edwards was the president at that time. And he said, Pam, at about quarter to 12, I remember to this day, he said, meet me in my suite at 12 noon. And what would you like for lunch? So I said, I don't know. But most people who know me, if you want to get my attention, do it with food. So I trotted on up there at noon. And he said, we've got a bit of a problem. He said, you know, tonight is our banquet, right? I said, sure, I know. And he said, well, um, we just found out we don't have a speaker. And so I'm saying, well, what are you telling me for? And he said, because we need you to be part of the process. And so we put together a rather crazy routine, but we got the job done. So when it comes to this type of work, our goal is to get the job done. That means sacrifice. It means time. It means putting away some of your own pride, because this often is the heart of what we do. Now, a couple of things I want you to think about when we talk a little bit about how we make our presentation how we get our message out there. So I usually focus on the presentation side. I like to talk about clear messages, concise messages, knowing your language, knowing your topic. But in a room full of blind people and those with low vision, I think what we should focus on for a few minutes this afternoon is listening. Sometimes when we're talking and someone else is talking to us, we turn them off a little bit because we start thinking about what I am going to say next. And in doing so, we miss some important communication. 
Now, afford me just a moment. We're going to play a little bit of a game and you'll see what it is when I finish. Debbie? Yes. <laughs> Debbie's telling Anthony something. <laughs> He's telling the next person. When I was a child, we used to call this whisper down the lane. <laughs> I used to do it at my birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we'll come up and take it. I will. All right. I will. Can you hear us? Can you see? I will. A little bit more. Because you're going to have to whisper. <laughs> there you go. Say it one more time. <laughs> but quietly, because you have listening people in here. And thank you for being patient with our own game, Whisper Down the Lane. And that will be the last person. Uh, well, the puppy would like to. Um, did you guys not whisper in puppy's ear? And here I thought we had dog whispers. All right. Who was the last person? And what's me's name? Okay, Peggy, what was told to you? The doll next door got the ball and passed it through the window to the dog next door. <laughs> All I said to Debbie was the boy next door hit the girl by throwing the ball through the window. That's all I said. I think you all get the point of the game. <laughs> that what you say in the beginning often does not end up what's being repeated or what is even being said. And the challenges that of that is that many times when we receive a message to take to our congressional delegation or a state representative or even local people, it's gone through several people before we even got it. And now we get what we think is an end result. Maybe we read it, maybe we experienced, and now we're trying to share it with someone else. So one of the things often in communication that is very important, this is a bit on the presentation side, check the message to make sure it's the right message. Check the message for accuracy. Don't assume that. And as you work to take the message into your own language, because that's all each of these people did, make sure you don't confuse the message. How was this message confused? I don't want to use that word. Let's say, how was this message transmitted? <laughs> because from the first person who said it to the last person, some things got in there. I, I'm not sure how we got the doll in there. That one interested me. Okay. And, and this, what was a relatively simple message turned into something more complex. But here's the beauty of listening. We each listen with our own ear. And so what I hear and what you hear may not be the same thing, but let me tell you this. It does not mean that it's necessarily inaccurate. It was just different. So knowing the transmission of listening, you're going to hear something and I'm going to hear something. But the important thing is to sort it out for what's the important core of the message. So here, just for a few minutes, are some tips on what you can do to listen. I think step one 
in being an effective listener, especially in governmental affairs, is for a few minutes, just a few minutes, put aside what you really think and focus on what you are saying. Also, and you can't always do this, but focus on what the person to whom you are speaking may be thinking. So when you go into a session and you know that you have 30, maybe, sometimes 15, sometimes less than that, minutes to share five different pieces of legislation, you've got to think, well, what's the important thing in my message? Is it more important that I try to tell them everything about everything, about everything, about everything? So let me try something with you to see how much you can pick up from what I'm about to say. Okay, you ready? Ready. Last year, we needed to pass a piece of legislation that would help blind people be able to vote through electronic ballots. Also, it meant that some people would not be able to vote because they would have to go to take the ballot down to the local, to the local drop-off station, put it in the, the thing, you know, that little thing they had down there with no keys and things like that, worrying about if somebody would steal it. But all this was important because you had to sign and date the ballot. And if you didn't sign and date the ballot, you probably couldn't vote. They would throw your vote out. Oh, also, it depended on where you lived in Pennsylvania. And I don't know what anybody's going to do, because how are you going to find out if the candidates that you voted for is really the one they put in there because you're blind and you can't see? Don't you understand? It's hard. <laughs> yes. Okay, confession time. Some of you and me have done just what I just did. We went in and <laughs> we went crazy. <laughs> we began to try to tell everybody everything we knew. So it's okay to slow it down. And I often say to people, if you have three or four pieces of legislation that you want to communicate, maybe you're better served to pick the most important one for that representative and focus on that. I know we try to tell you with a bunch of imperatives and they're all good and they're important, but sometimes that's not going to work for you. So check out your own speaking style and your own listening style. I notice a lot of people will do their presentation and then they'll say to the rep, do you have any questions? Just by some applause. How many of you have asked that question and had the representative say no? They had questions, let me tell you. They have questions, I assure you. One of two things is going on. Either they have questions and they're too polite to ask them, like, why are you here and what did you say and what do you expect me to do? Or, want the truth? They just weren't listening. I won't tell you who, but recently, when a group of people that I know went to give a representative a presentation and they did it by Zoom, Obviously, we believe that the staff member of the representative assumed that everybody on the Zoom call was blind because what the one person who was there with low vision told them what the staff member was doing during the presentation. They said he was making faces, he was picking his nose, 
They said he made gestures to the camera. They said he did nothing to let them know that someone else was even in the room. I took a different stance than they did because I would have reported it to the representative immediately and made it clear that that is not acceptable, whether they thought, well, they just chose to let it ride. But I do want to say, if you're mistreated like that, please let them know. I know it probably would have cost a person their job, but guess what? This legislation is costing you your life. So if someone who does not know how to respect you behaves towards you in an inappropriate way, say so. Now, in addition to trying to get your mind off of everything else that's around you and give some focus to what that person is doing, even if they say, I don't have any questions, if you have a little bit more time, then you can go on to something else. Or one time I said to a representative, I don't know how I really took it, but I said, well, there's a question you haven't asked, but I have something I want to tell you. So the question doesn't always have to come from them. And remember to do some simple things. You can test how a person is listening. For example, you're giving a presentation and let's say you're talking about accessible exercise equipment. Shock them a little bit and say, what equipment do you use at the gym? Now, <laughs> they might say, I don't go to the gym. That's okay. <laughs> you weren't trying to imply anything. You were asking a subject-based question. Because in order, there's a word we use in communication that's real important. It's engagement. So you really don't want to talk at. You want to talk to. And it doesn't matter what the legislation is. Don't just talk to the ear, but talk to the heart. Because that's when people get involved when they feel emotions. Listen for some cues I'm going to tell you. You can listen to the person's breathing and get a sense of how they're feeling. Okay, so I'm going to give you a couple examples. So when a person is listening, lots of times, believe it or not, their breathing is rather silent because they're doing something else. Now there, you could barely hear me breathing, right? I'm alive, I was breathing, I assure you. Then sometimes when they're getting a little bit kind of tired of it, the breathing will get a little heavier. Oh, man. <laughs> and you know, if you want to practice this, um, watch some of the C-SPAN where they have the hearings and things like that and start paying attention to the breathing in there, you know, and, and one of my favorite people, this isn't a political statement, this is just true, Lindsey Graham is a breather. And I, uh, 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 hmm. And so you can begin to listen and they will, that breathing is helpful. Here's another one that people don't think that we as blind people now know how to pay attention to, but a lot of the cues for nonverbal communication, you can hear. Okay. So if people start playing with their fingers or, you know, they're thinking something else. Okay. So what I was doing was just type, tapping the microphone. But I've been in situations where you, you can hear people. They're sort of like drumming on a table. You know, you hear their fingers. 
kind of making little noises like if they're drumming. That's usually a sign of impatience. Um, sometimes what people will do, you don't hear it as much anymore because people don't carry cash the way they used to, but there are people who will actually put their hand in their pocket and if they have coins, you can hear them jingling. They're getting bored. They're getting bored. And, and it's funny because sometimes I've even noticed that um, people will have, this is mostly for sighted people, but they'll have a, an ink pen or something like that and they start clicking it. You know, an ink pen just click, 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 because they're looking for something to play with. That's another sign. So you have the ability in, to interpret beyond breathing. You have the ability to interpret nonverbal cues. And you have also the ability to, as you're speaking with them and listening to them, and I know you know this one, listen to their tone of voice. Do you have any questions? No. Do you have any questions? Yes. Aren't they two different responses? Because there's a tone in there that gives you information. So what I'm encouraging with you today is to take what you have and take all of you into that meeting and use everything you have, every skill, your hearing, everything you have, your knowledge of how people react and do it. Just do it. Anthony started out with one of the best points. You've got to be you. And let me do something to say this. I'll say a little bit more about it tomorrow evening, but you're good enough. As far as I'm concerned, you are good enough. And I, and frankly, I'll just say this and then I'm through. I am very frustrated by the fact that for far too many of us, we have taken limiting beliefs and made them part of ourselves. This is something I'll leave you today. When you go in there, you don't have to be better than anybody because frankly, we don't know who the other anybodies are. And so you have to make the standard of advocacy what you can give. And there's one thing that you can do that nobody else can do but you, that's tell your story. So tell your story, listen, believe it, walk in commanding respect, leave demanding respect, and I guarantee you it'll be well worth the effort. Thank you so much for allowing me some time to share. All right, folks, you see why we have Pam Shore here, yes? So I'm going to speak a little later on about the direction of the committee going forward. And I'm going to speak a little bit more about communication after Greg coming from a journalistic standpoint and a little bit from the legislative standpoint. But first and foremost, I want to I want to congratulate everyone in this room and everybody out there listening through Zoom who participated in the legislative seminar this year and in past years. And I want to encourage everyone to remember something. Both the Florida Council of the Blind and all of the various affiliates out there who participate, and most especially our governmental affairs team up in Alexandria, they put together the information for us. They put together these packets. They do the research. They give us everything, not necessarily that we need to sell the, you know, to sell the imperative to these LAs. They give it to us to give to them. 
And hopefully when we meet with them, they've at least skimmed over that legislation. I mean, those packets about the legislation. And so, you know, when you walk into those rooms, one of the things that I always say to people is walk in with confidence. You're walking in, as Pam said, be you, be that you are already enough. But you're also walking in that room with all of your Florida Council of the Blind Brothers and Sisters and all of your American Council of the Blind Brothers and Sisters. So we also asked Mr. Greg Lindbergh, who was a former editor of the White Cane Bulletin and is part of NextGen and is just an amazing voice within our Florida Council of the Blind, to talk a little bit about how to concisely put together your story, how to get your points across in a manner that is intelligent, maybe even a little witty, but gets the point across in a time-sensitive space. And recently, he um, presented an interview, a radio interview, and we asked if we could run that before he speaks. So, Rick, are you ready to run that for us? Live on 99.1 FM in Pasco County, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. And certainly don't forget... Katie and James as well. And joining us right now is Chris Jaddick. My old buddy Chris Jaddick, who's Director of Communications at TBARTA, the Tampa Bay Area Regional Transit Authority. And Chris, the big question is the um, Florida legislature has put $1 million in the next Florida budget for TBARTA. Uh, to resume things here, and what are we going to see being done with that money? Well, Jack, good morning. Good to talk to you again. I'm joined by uh, Greg Lindbergh, who's actually uh, one of the people who will benefit from this. This is a service called TD Tampa Bay. This is specifically for service across the five-county T-Barta area for those most in need of transportation support because of age, income, or disability. T-BARTA started this program, TD Tampa Bay, back in December 2020 to fill a gap by providing first-ever county-to-county transportation to this population. Now, it was very successful. It was growing in popularity for seven months until our grant funding expired last summer. Now, the good news, the state legislature has appropriated a million dollars in the next state budget for us to resume operations. And our riders, like Greg, are very excited about that. And, of course, T-BARTA is eager to get going again. What does uh, TD Tampa Bay stand for? The TD stands for Transportation Disadvantaged. Oh, and okay. that is uh, a category that basically means if you have you know, uh, transportation needs because of age, income, or disability, you are eligible for special transportation services. And Greg Lindbergh, um, how did you use TD Tampa Bay? Yeah, so I'm uh, visually impaired, so I definitely benefited tremendously from the service. Um, used it to go to multiple counties in the area and uh, for social events, uh, for just all kinds of advocacy work that I do with the Pinellas Council of the Blind. And it was just such a great service, and I was absolutely devastated when it was taken away pretty quickly. So I'm really hopeful that we can get this back and it can benefit and impact so many people in so many ways. Are these buses that are uh, set especially for people who need this help? No, this is actually a car service. Uh, this is on demand with a two-hour advance notice. Uh, you call a call center, 
and anywhere in the five-county T-Barter region from Hernando, Hillsborough, Pinellas, Pasco, Manatee County, uh, you get point-to-point ride service, uh, and it's county-to-county. The important part is we're filling a gap by getting people from Pinellas County over to Hillsborough or Pasco down to Manatee, uh, you know, because we have local CTCs that provide that in-county service, but this is car service, point-to-point, uh, getting you across county lines. Well, one other thing here, Chris, and that is, um, are we getting any closer to uh, rail service or anything like mass transportation for the Bay Area? These are big projects. I think we're making progress on that. It takes a lot of uh, uh, research, of course, and a lot of collaboration. Uh, we're initiating our own feasibility study looking into those uh, rail lines, so that's a really first step. You know, we have to understand what uh, CSX's intentions are and what they are willing to do with those lines. So a lot of questions about that, but I wish they were making progress on that, but it is certainly a long road. Yeah, there is some rail around, obviously, but um, it would take a lot of money, of course, to adapt it for local service. So we're going to have to see how that plays out. But Chris Jaddick and Greg Lindbergh, thanks for joining us this morning on AM Tampa Bay. And Anytime you need to get the word out to the public, let us know. Well, I appreciate that, Jack. One final word. Anybody wants to learn more about this, we invite them to join us at the Lighthouse for the Blind and Low Vision this morning at 10 a.m. That's on West Platte Street, 1106 West Platte, 10 a.m. We'll talk more about TD Tampa Bay. We've got a lot of people joining us for that. They're very eager to hear about what we plan to do uh, once we get the new state budget and we can start, start rolling again. Sounds good, Chris. Thanks for being on board here. It's 6.29 on AM Tampa Bay. Good, a- good afternoon. <laughs> I hope you can hear me through my mask. I hope I'm not too muffled. But uh, it's, it's truly an honor to be able to present and speak at this session today. Um, you know, I, I never really considered myself an advocate thinking back, you know, years ago. But I've really learned how important advocacy truly is. And, uh, you know, just being able to express that through writing, you know, obviously I've served as secretary, editor of the White Cane Bulletin, a lot of writing roles, but then also having the opportunity to present verbally through different interviews, such as this this radio interview. Um, So as you heard, you know, the clip was very short. Uh, Chris and I were only asked a few questions. So we had to know exactly what, you know, needed to be stated and, be able to spit it out very concisely, very clearly. Um, so I know Chris kind of gave some background on the program and then they brought me on to give, you know, kind of a case study, um, an example of how someone can benefit from this, this type of transportation service. And so I, I started out mentioning I'm visually impaired, you know, that I have a disability and that, uh, you know, how beneficial this service was when it was around trying to give examples of ways that I use the service and that others with disabilities or just in general, you know, those that benefited from the service, how they actually used it. And then, uh, you know, just speaking about how how important this, this service is and, you know, again, how devastated, using the word devastating when this, this service was taken away from us and just, you know, how much it meant when we had it and then to lose it, it was just, it was horrible. You know, it was, it was such a, 
such a door to so much independence for so many individuals and to see it go away after only six or seven months of being around it was it was just absolutely horrific um so that's you know those were kind of the points that i wanted to touch on in that interview and i know pam touched on the words clear and concise uh and I, that's kind of what i wanted to talk about today you know obviously you have to be clear in your message um, you know what are you trying to communicate uh what do you do you have bullet points you know do you have a summary of you know talking points that you really want to be able to put out there and clearly saying that without beating around the bush without using too many words you know verbal diarrhea word salad whatever you want to call it <laughs> i think we're all occasionally you know guilty of that but in an interview setting like this when you're speaking to the media you know when it's a radio interview radio tv as we all know in broadcasting you know it's it's timing i mean obviously with a radio interview this station news radio wfla you know they have breaks at the top and bottom of the hour for news they have a lot of commercials they have you know live reads that the hosts do in terms of live live commercials on the shows um, so you really have to, you know, get that information out there clearly, but also, you know, concisely saying it in a short amount of time, um, expressing yourself uh, so that others, you know, can understand, trying to give examples, you know, the, the human element, the human interest story, um, that's often a lot more relatable. Um, so that's that's kind of the goals that I went for with that. And uh, so I was a journalism major in college and I work in marketing and PR. So definitely have some, you know, understanding of kind of how this whole media game works when it comes to communicating with the media. And so that's that's really the message I wanted to convey is just if you do get the chance to be interviewed, you know, prepare as as much as possible till you're sick of it um, so that you're totally confident going into that interview and can really get that message out there both clearly and concisely. Thank you. This is Debbie again. I just wanna take a moment to say something. The reason we chose this Tampa Bay thing is that if you listen to any advocate, they will tell you that every issue begins someplace locally. And what I'm going to tell you is, because I live in the Tampa Bay area, I kind of did take the lead on getting everything done and working with Chris. But we had local people who took their time and made the effort to come. And we had some wonderful people interviewed. And believe it or not, um, I refused. I didn't I didn't step forward to be interviewed because I wanted other people to have that opportunity. So the thing is that what I'm going to tell you is if there are local issues that you you and your chapters need to work on and you need some assistance. That's one of the reasons this committee is here. And Anthony will help and he will also allocate to other people. I'm certainly willing to help. So just remember that sometimes issues are not state right now or they're not federal, but local issues are just as important because when they're solved someplace else, you've set a precedent to solve them in your area. So just remember that and come to us if there's an issue that is important to your area and we will do our very best to lend you a hand because all issues begin locally. And now I'm gonna turn it back over to our chair, Anthony. 
I want to take a moment and ask if there are any questions for Pam, Debbie, or Greg so far. Um, um, I have a question for Greg, and um, we're kind of fighting the uh, uh, paratransit fight in Volusia County, and um, we want some improvements. But the biggest question I had was your inter-county service, does that negate or do away with other paratransit service availability? Um, I think one of the things that people are concerned about is, well, if we use the car service, as you spoke of, you know, then the paratransit buses would not be necessary or continue to to uh, function. So I just kind of wanted to know what the, the setup was over there. Thank you. Thank you, Mary. The answer is a resounding no. This this service does not take you anywhere where your paratransit would take you in any county if the if the service will take you there during that time of the day. It's strictly a regional service will take you if your paratransit is not running. We realize the need for paratransit and we in no way want to negate that. Tampa Bay is a little bit unique because we do have this regional um thing for transportation, getting people moving. But no, no worries about that, Mary. Paratransit is still paratransit, and it still runs, and it is everybody's first option. Hi, this is Tom Babcock from the Vice President of GOCB. I have a question on the on the car service. Uh, we have something similar here in Orlando. Um, does your car service pick up other people as you're going to your destination? Because we have a uh, service here called Silver Ride, they will pick up two or three people, but it's in a car, not the bus. Uh, but then we have another service called Userve that picks you up only and takes you to your destination. I was just wondering, do, does your service pick up other people? Uh, Debbie, your can way you there? That again? Our our service during the six months of seven months used Userve also, and it is the same sort of service as your Userve is. It's um, a one person, you know, pickup. So it, that's what it is. Okay. All right, I'm getting an education as new chair already. What am I going to, you know, what are going to be some of the imperatives that will work on Florida-wise? I guess it's going to be U-Serve and alternate paratransit. So I want to start by making a statement and asking a, or presenting a statement and asking a question. Often folks will say, well, I'm not really an advocator. Or they'll ask the question, how do I advocate? I, I, I don't know how to be an advocator. And so I want to throw a question out to the audience and free, feel free to just shout it out. But those tiny little wonderful human beings, what are one of the first and most effective words that our young children learn? No. There you go. <laughs> let's, let, 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 let's all resounding shout out a one big no. No. You guys know what that is? Do you know what that no is? That's advocating for yourself. So everybody's an advocator and everybody is their own personal expert at being an advocator. But what makes an advocator an effective advocator is communication. And so when we want to, when we want to advocate for ourselves or for our organizations, what are some ways that communication can be streamlined and made most effective? Well, Pam gave us listening. And if we are already formulating our next thoughts, 
while the person is doing their speaking, we're not listening. So we're probably going to miss some of what they need to hear from us in the next part of the conversation. And if we're spending our time while they're speaking, worrying about, did I present that as well as I could have? Did I make my point? Same thing. We're not listening. And we're probably going to miss something. One of the things as a journalist that I always looked for when I was talking to folks was, were they confident in what they were presenting? It didn't necessarily mean, did they have the answers to every question that I asked, but did they know their subject matter? Were they confident enough to present it? And if I did ask them a question that might have thrown them, how did they respond? How did they handle it? For me, my dad told me a very, very long time ago, if you don't know the answer to a question, just admit that offer to find the information to follow back except you know he wasn't as eloquently uh, <laughs> about his uh there are probably a couple of italian words in there that i can't say when we're on acb media but the point is you know i'm not supposed to be the expert at everything but if i'm presenting something if i'm asked a question and i can't give it to so just admit it and go forward if i can give the answer Give the answer as me, not as who I think the person that I'm speaking with wants me to be. Pam said it before I started it off. We are already who we are. We already are enough. So it's not those $10 words. You know, you can memorize all those SAT words and have them ready at the drop of a hat. But if they don't fit in, you know, with what you're saying, if they, I'm a very bon homey kind of down home person. I know a lot of big words and every once in a while I'll throw them in there and, and throw you for a loop. But I come to you as who I am. And I'm going to dust my fingertips on my shirt for those of us who can't see blow on them and say, I think I'm a pretty effective communicator, but I don't try to communicate as anything or something that I'm not. I present who I am, how I am, and bring it forward. As I was speaking earlier, I spoke about research and knowing your subject. If you have to constantly go back to notes, flip to look at something, you lose the attention you lose the argument and most likely you lose either the vote or the sign on to the bill or or whatever the ask that you're asking for when when you stumble and fall in that manner you lose that piece of the conversation and it's really hard to get it back however if you say you know what i can give you this piece of information and i know in my notes i have this You've, you've regained that conversation right back on track. Another thing as far as communication is concerned and, and re, as far as communication and research is concerned is to not continuously throw out fact after fact after fact. You're not having a conversation with your brother or your best friend or, you know, the guy at the gas station, but you want to intersperse the facts that you're giving with a very short, what we call qualifier. Um, and the American Council of the Blind, the Florida Council of the Blind, we're big advocates of our personal story. And what does our personal story mean? Our personal story is something that highlights the issue or initiative that we're speaking about. 
But as Pam was speaking earlier in what I termed the verbal diarrhea, if we go off on paths, well, when I got into my paratransit, there were already three other people in there and we went 20 miles west when we could have dropped off the first person. You lost them. You lost them. A more effective way of presenting that would be often when we're in paratransit, we end up having, because it's a share of bright service, we end up having to crisscross our county. And when the routes are not routed well, we A, have to sit on that van for inordinate amounts of time. And B, we're often late for the things that we set ourselves up to do with, by the way, a very generous 30 to an hour window, knowing that things can happen. Boom, period. You just told the story. You gave them the information that they needed to know. I wanted to touch on um, what Pam was saying as well about either stopping in the middle of your presentation or in between each imperative or at the end of the entire presentation and asking you know, do you have any questions? A real effective way of bringing that to the surface without actually saying, do you have any questions? Is something like, how can I expand on the information that we've given you today? Or have you perused the information that we sent you? And were there was there anything that we can further um, that we can further expand or that we can further communicate for you? And that invites them. Does anybody know what kind of question that is? Feel free to just shout it out. An open-ended question. In, in, these, in these situations, the worst thing that you can do is ask a closed-ended question because you're either going to get a one-word answer or, nope, thanks. Um, but when you give someone an open-ended question, it's a subconscious invite for them to respond to you. And they might not have a question, but they're going to respond to you and let you know that it's okay to move on to your next imperative or to close the meeting out. Um, as a journalist, another thing that always impressed me and always made me, you know, take a little bit more, pay a little bit more attention to someone was when their arguments or interview uh, answers were very chronological when they led into each other. So when someone was talking about exercise equipment and then in the next sentence, they're talking about diabetic monitors and things. It's like, wait a minute, um, how does diabetic monitors have anything to do with the treadmill? So you really, you really have to, you know, inside, you know, inside your head, have your monologue going and, and outline before you go into meetings like that, what your plan of attack is. Whether you're a Braille reader or you're going to have an ear pod in your ear or you're playing with playing off of notes if you're, um, you know, a high partial, just have a bullet point point outline for the things that you want to say. And my last piece on this part of the presentation is be ready to go with the flow. It's okay to change the conversation. It's okay to let them take you off on another tangent. As long as you, as you're going off on that tangent, find a way inside your head to get back to the point. You never want to shut down someone that you're trying to get an ask from by, by not 
answering something that they're asking you or going off on the tangent with them because that's another way that it shuts down that communication. Communication is two ways. So we're asking them for something, but we also have to be willing to give them their asks as well. So I'm going to ask Debbie to come back up. I know she she had some communication strategies that she has been very successful using, and I'll be back in a little while. Didn't I choose my successor well? <laughs> I'm very proud of myself, I must say. <laughs> anyway, um, most of what I was going to say has been very eloquently said, but I do have one thing I want to add. If you, you have to remember that your best friend in any office, county, city, state, congressional are key staff members. And that is very important. It's very nice to say, I saw Congressman Smith and Congresswoman Jones and didn't I do good? But the truth is, most of these Congress people leave stuff to their staff. When they're looking at initiatives and how they're going to vote, they go to, they have staff members that are key to a particular specialty. And they go to the person in that specialty and they say, what do you think? And so one of the things I always make sure when I arrange appointments, and I know Anthony will do the same, they get everything. I send them a basic letter with every imperative. As soon as I get the documents, that's sent to them so that we have all this preparation. But I have known some LAs for years, and I'm certainly not the only one. But the important thing is to build a relationship with these people so that when you come to them with something, they think, you know, this is Pam Shaw. She's never steered me wrong. She knows what she's talking about, and I can trust her. And I always say so that they know I mean it when I'm doing my public presentations. I really thank you for marking this up and bringing this to your boss for his or her consideration. So never forget that. It sounds really cool to meet the big kahuna, but your friend, when it comes to getting anything done, are, and are the specialty legislative assistants or LAs. And sometimes there's more turnover than there used to be, but sometimes you run into a friend in another office and you go, I haven't seen you in ages. You know, and I don't know about you, but they always remember my dog. And so, and you know, I use whatever works, whatever works, works for me. So just remember that cultivate relationships with these LAs because they're the person that in the end, when the Congresswoman or man or person is looking to see how they will vote on something, they're going to their experts in the various fields. And 99% of the time, they will follow the advice of those individuals. What I wanted to share, Debbie reminded me of an old adage I learned a long time ago, and I use it to this day. One of the greatest motivational speakers that you will ever hear is someone by the name of Zig Ziglar. And have you ever heard of him? Yeah. He's a great guy, yeah. And, and he, along with Dale Carnegie, has coined something about how to relate to people and it applies here. And he said they need to know you, like you, and trust you. Yep. And so we use a lot of no, like, and trust. And one of the points about no 
is if you can, try not to be a flash in the pan that you show up once a year and then they never hear from you again. So part of that relationship building, you might think it's strange, but it's okay to send a holiday greeting card. It doesn't always have to be legislation. It's okay to let them know about a conference or something like this that's coming up. So you're providing some information. They also like you because it's not always you showing up at the door with what I want, okay, and and what I need. Do you know that I went very, very far with a particular office? It wasn't what I meant to do. I just did it. But I sent the chief of staff a five-pound box of Valentine's Day candy. And and every time he would see me, he'd talk about this candy. You know, but I don't even know why I did it. I just did. But they start liking you. And the trust comes because you provide accurate information. And that goes back to if you don't know, don't pretend, don't make up something. It's better to get it and get it back to them the right way. Call upon somebody like Anthony or something like that. But I can tell you, send some Valentine's Day candy and you will get their attention. There's another thing you might do. And um, when I worked in Washington, I knew this worked and I started doing it. I would on occasion send my congressional representative a letter in Braille. And what was interesting about that is I knew that they had to go find somebody to read it. But what I didn't realize is that sometimes I would be the person that they found to read it because they didn't know I fit it. So now I've got a friend. But I did find that. So what I soon started doing, I would send a Braille and a print copy because that's how I kept them knowing what Braille was. Okay. So I want to say something before we go on to the next stage of this presentation. And I spoke about knowing your subject and being prepared. But there's another key important thing to always keep in mind. Knowing your subject and being prepared is not the same thing as being the smartest person in the room. You don't, the, the point and the, the concept is not to make them think that you're smart or, or to, ex, to exude to them that you're intelligent. It's just to get the point of the subject across. So every year we have our legislative summit, uh, we have our legislative week and we take the imperatives that our national organization set for us. And until the last two years, we got to go up on the hill and we were exhausted by the end of the day, but we got to speak in person with these legislative legislative representatives and LA's their staffs. The last two years, we've done it on Zoom. We've had varying degrees of wildly successful where conversations went on for 30, 40 minutes. We've had conversations that were over in 15 because they were counting the time. They were drumming their fingers. And and I know my team actually had somebody who was eating while we were speaking. And as we were saying our goodbyes, they literally dropped off the call, not even a goodbye from them. But you take, you, you, you roll with the punches and you take what you can get and you, you exude and you, and you take advantage of the ones that are there to listen and you shake your head and say, okay, I did the best job that I could with the ones that aren't. I wanted, we wanted to ask, it's a tradition here. We wanted to ask three folks to speak about their, this year's legislative experience. And I'm gonna, unfortunately, put someone on the spot and ask if they would speak because we only came up with two <laughs> based upon the way the program changed. Um, Mary, would you be willing to speak um, after Janine and Peggy? Mary Tyson? Yeah, yeah. All right. 
<laughs> so we're going to hear from our first timer perspective. Janine Leah, please come on up and um, give us a couple of minutes of, of your experience legislating with the Florida Council of the Blind this year. Hi, I'm Janine. Um, I didn't know what the legislative thing was when I signed up for it last year, and I kind of just coasted last year. So this year, when I did it, I went all in and I went to all the sessions and I did all the things virtually on Zoom and I haven't been in person. And this year, there was so much, it meant so much more to me this year than it did last year. And I got to pick a topic that was meant so much to me. And Anthony was a big part of that topic and changed my life with that topic. But so my imperative that I had was audio description. Um, so when I went into my legislative calls, I didn't want to just rattle on um, the list of things and all the tips that we got from the home office and all the stuff we learned. I went with the approach of, well, if I was in government, how would I want someone to talk to me? How would I listen? Because I'm not going to listen to you rattle on, rattle on, rattle on, rattle on. I would probably be like, okay, making lists in my head. Like, okay, I have to do this. I have to plan my ingredients for my cooking call. And then I have my friendship call. And then I have my nerd night. And I have to interview Roy Samuelson. And I have to send him a text. And I have to do this. And oh, yeah, I asked Anthony to be a special guest. And I have this. Um, if someone was rattling that stuff to me, I would not be listening. So I I'm guilty of that. So it was really great to hear Pam speaking about that. So I went into our meetings this year thinking, okay, I'm just going to talk to them like they're my friend and, and how if you had a blind person in your life or if you were blind, how this would affect your life. So there were a couple LAs and one in particular, and I forgot his name. Um, I think his name was Brian or Doug. Doug was his name. And I said, hey, because he, I could tell he was done listening to us. Let's just be honest. I was third or fourth. And I was like, hey, do you know what audio description is? And he's like, yeah, that's a thing that like closed captioning and you go to the museum. I'm like, mm, no, no, that, that's, that is a form of, of audios, but no. I said, well, so tell me what's your favorite show? And he said he liked Flip This House and he liked like Trading Spaces. I said, oh my gosh, I love to flip the houses and I love Trading Spaces. But here's the thing. You can turn on the SAP, the second yeah. secondary audio program track on your on your TV and it will talk to you. So you can go in your room and in your in your bathroom or you can go in your bedroom or you can do dishes and you'll have audio description to tell you what's happening on the TV and you don't have to watch it. So you can be more productive or like, yeah. And he's like, really? And I'm like, yeah, really? And there's different audio describers. Like, you know, you have a favorite actor or actress like Julia Roberts, Sandra Bullock, Tom Hanks. My favorite audio describer is Roy Samuelson, but that's another point. But so, um, so yeah. And he's like, really? And I said, okay, so I'm going to challenge you to do audio description and I'm going to call you and we're going to talk about what it was like for you. And he's like, okay, I'm going to go home and do it. I'm like, really? Are you? And he's like, no, I am. I am. And then from that point, 
going on. That was one of our first calls because we talked to like, I think we had like six calls that we did. Um, my team started using the more friendly approach about exercising and all that stuff. So for me, it was really great to open up people's minds for audio description because they really didn't know what it was. And it was really great for me to open their eyes because my life has changed so much because of audio description, like audio description in the theater, like live theater, television, commercials, everything. So yeah, I was really honored to get to advocate for us. So thanks for your time. And I really think that y'all should be part of it. So let me ask you, Janine, will you be yeah. back as part of the team next year? Of course I will. And Florida totally represents. So All yeah. Right. All right. Give a, hand, a round of applause for Janine. <laughs> and isn't that sort of what we've been talking about? Building relationships. She gave him a challenge and then she called him back and followed up on that challenge. And Janine, you just shouted out, you didn't give us the answer. Is he now going to be more productive using audio description? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. And you can call him on your next issue because he's always going to remember that you're the lady that gave him all of these productivity tools, right? Because we're best friends. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. Peggy. Yes. Peggy Carpenter, everyone. Okay. Hi, everybody. Um, I've participated uh, in the legislative sessions for the past two years, and I've really enjoyed it. I was way back when I was a political science and journalism major as well. So I like that kind of stuff. But I do think it's very important not to sort of take the legislative imperative information that we get from the, the national office and just regurgitate it. <laughs> I think it's very hard to uh, listen to that. <laughs> As we said, we kind of put people to sleep with some of that. And it's much more important to engage them with a personal story. And I think that is so important. And I think we've tried as I've learned, tried to go through things like that. I mean, I know last year I talked about the um, the initiative we had for medical medical equipment for the trial period with equipment with lenses. And as someone who used to use a CCTV a lot, I really tried to tell them the sense of independence that being able to write your own checks and read your own bills can give you, and that that was so important. So I think that that was something that made them think about things like that. I also think you have to have a very thick skin <laughs> because you don't want to get discouraged when you get an LA who's out ordering lunch at the local taco truck <laughs> while he's talking to you. So don't get discouraged by things like that or the fact that you've given your presentation and there's one question which is kind of uh, out there. But anyway, so so those are the two important things is to, to don't be wrapped around the axle about uh, regurgitating everything that's in those papers that we get um, and make it more personal. Tell a personal story. And secondly, don't get upset if some of them, if you're only going to reach a certain portion of people, unfortunately, and uh, so don't get discouraged when you don't reach them all. So that's my thoughts.
I'm really glad that this next person said yes, Mary. <laughs> I know for <laughs> I know for a long time you wanted to participate in Legislative Week, and virtually it made it possible for you. So I'm hoping you could tell us a little bit from that perspective and and how it felt for you to to participate this way. I'm Mary Tyson, and you can blame Anthony. Um, <laughs> for me being up here. But um, I have been really, really happy to participate um, in the legislative seminars. I've wanted to for several years. And because of the job I used to have, now I'm retired. And for some financial reasons, it wasn't really very feasible for me to go to D.C. So one of the bright spots of lockdown was that we got to try this virtually and I loved it. Um, I will say the first year we had uh, the very exciting event that everybody has mentioned about the L.A. who was out getting lunch. Um, I think he said hello and goodbye. And that was pretty much the end of our interaction with him. And none of our charm got through to him at all. He was just not having it. Um, but, but I was not discouraged because I thought, well, it cannot get worse than that. And so it has not. So, so this is good. So, but one of the things that um, I remembered, I'm sorry, let me um, get my misbehaving puppy to behave. Okay. So, um, so one of the things I remembered from this year, and I found it bothered me. So I'm going to keep it in my list of memories for how I may approach things next year. We got one particular LA who asked us one question and one question only. Does our congressman, are, are, are any of you from his area, basically? And, um, and, and, and do you have this service in your area? I mean, and that was all he wanted to know. He didn't listen to anything we said about anything else. And so I'm going to make it my own personal challenge and that of anybody who is fortunate or less so to be on the team with me to make sure they have a uh, have a plan for that. Um, if you if you feel them not not engaging, let, let's try to find a way to, to, to slap that back into shape, because all he wanted to know was in this one particular issue. Did his congressman, did we have the proper service? We weren't talking about just his area. We were talking about the state of Florida, but he did not care. So I'm going to remember that for next year, and I will bring that to someone's attention, should they be so foolish as to try that again with me. And that is all I have to say. All right. I knew we could count on Mary, right? Mary, Janine, and Peggy. Everybody put a round of applause for them, please. <laughs> All right. I wanted to just talk briefly about the passing of the torch and, and the committee going forward. I'm going to ask everybody for a little bit more audience, audience participation. As far as this situation is concerned, I feel like if it ain't broke... Thank you. And Florida Council of the Blind has a very strong presence in Leadership Week. So that will continue the model that I have learned under Ms. Debbie Grubb. It works and it works well. So I am going to carry that going forward. But there are a few things that I'd like to hope I, I like I'd like to implement. And I hope that the Florida Council of the Blind is going to be there with me. 
This is something that happens once a year, going up to the hill or sitting behind our computers and wishing that we were up on the hill. Um, <laughs> but it happens once a year. And advocacy happens all year round. So I'm going to be exploring ways that we as a committee can identify all of you out there who are doing local advocacy, how we can support you, and how we can make it a priority amongst all of us. I also want to inspire everyone in the Florida Council of the Blind to advocate along with us. So you'll see periodically letters coming out saying, you know, Mary Tyson is working on this here and Greg Lindbergh is working on this there. And how can we support them? Or do you have any ideas? Things like that. This committee is it works well and it's beautiful. And now we're going to mentor ourselves and our younger generation into advocating for themselves. We're going to take the knowledge of a system that works really well and pass it along. I'm having the torch passed to me, and I just want to start a fire. I want to start a fire and light up all of us who have been doing this for years and all of us who haven't done it yet and who will take those steps behind us when we're ready to pass the torch along to someone else. So that's my direction for the committee, at least for this upcoming year. I am beyond grateful for the tutelage over the last year that I've received with Debbie. I'm beyond grateful for her transparency and how open she was to ideas that I might have had, how open and, and really her passion for advocacy this year turned into her passion for for try that one more time succession planning um, and so I can't thank you enough for having the belief in me and for sharing all the knowledge that you have and I hope that when you see those emails coming out from our committee periodically over the next year that this program here and getting up on the hill in the spirit of Miss Debbie Grubb and Carl before her and everyone else who walked before that that it inspires you to pick something and become involved or become more involved. So thank you so much for this opportunity. I hope I make you proud. We have a few more minutes, so we have a few more, a little bit of time for questions, and then I'm going to ask Debbie to close us out. If you have a question, raise your hand and someone let me know who it is. Yeah, this is uh, Paul Lewis. I'm uh, president of Florida Council of Citizens with Low Vision and a member of the uh, Southwest chapter in Lee County. I wanted to pass along some information that's happening in Lee County that maybe might be something that some of us might want to uh, maybe rec make recommendations for other counties in the state. Uh, due to uh, one of the organizations going uh, belly up, uh, the paratransit system and the transportation for the disadvantaged ended up under one organization uh, under the Lee County uh, uh, government. So essentially, uh, they are working together where we didn't get full service in the county, but now thanks to having the transportation for the disadvantaged, we now have uh, full service in the county at least till seven o'clock at night. All right, thank you. Uh, good afternoon, Derek Selbo, 
Um, my question kind of ties into what the gentleman was just talking about. How about an imperative to try get something with all of the paratransit uh, agencies within uh, the state of Florida for starters to to actually start working together so people are able to transfer uh, for example from uh, where access links ends in in uh, Seminole County and have a transfer point over to uh, and, and transfer over to Volusia. Uh, when I lived in San Diego County, uh, they had, it's a huge area of the county. They had one transport that went only as far as the northern border of San Diego County. And then they had uh, another vehicle that picked up at that point and took people to the far southern area of San Diego County. Now, what if we could do that between Orlando, uh, I mean, Sanford and Volusia? So blind people like myself could be able to get to the beach, for example. Uh, is that feasible? So I don't know specific counties. Um, I know most of the counties have transfer points. Um, I'm sorry, what's the Reciprocity. Um, I did not do it for this this particular week, but last year when we were here, I had trans I had contacted my local paratransit, and then they contacted Orlando so that I could use the access link. I think it's called here service. Um, we can we often have appointments in Fort Lauderdale, so our Miami service will coordinate with with the Fort Lauderdale Broward County um, service, and and will get dropped off and picked up. But I'm sensing theme here. <laughs> and by round of applause, do you want our Florida Council of the Blind Governmental Affairs Committee to work with both the National um, Governmental Affairs and more importantly, the transportation folks? And if that is a resounding yes, then give me a loud round of applause. To answer his question, uh, we do have, call access links if you're going to any major city in the United States. Uh, they will fax, transfer your information to that city, and once you and you will get the phone numbers or the fax mm -hmm. number, and you call them before you arrive, and they will pick you up in that major city if they have paratransportation. They do it around Florida. They do it in Miami. Uh, they do it all over the country. And you know what, yeah. Tom? I'm not to any major city, they will do it. Yeah. So I'll make you guys a promise. I will put together some information on that. And that'll be the first email that you see from me coming out of the committee um, all throughout the state of Florida. I'll put that information together. Congratulations. I'm very proud of Anthony. I introduced Anthony to Florida and he has become a Floridian. <laughs> and I am very thankful for all the mentoring that I've had and that Anthony has had here at the Florida Council of the Line through Debbie Grubb, Sheila Young, Paul Edwards, Jim Crod, Mikey Weisman. Oh, yeah, I'm going to miss names, so I'm going to stop right there. But I also wanted to say that um, I'm, I'm, it fills my heart that uh, Florida Council of the Blind has welcomed my better half into uh, the part of the family and uh, that Debbie has trusted someone that I brought to Florida with such a import such an important task for the life 
the betterment of the life of all of those of us that who are blind and visually impaired. I'm going to take you home by saying that we have had a legislative seminar today that I think charts the course for where we are going. And I want to say that I think that if we all hang together and be a team and assume that everybody wants the best, even if we don't see things the same way, that it will be amazing what we can accomplish. And Carl built a foundation. I built upon that. And I am so anxious to see what Anthony is going to do over these next years as your next chair of the Governmental Affairs Committee. But I'm not going anywhere. I will still be involved. But I am so positively sure of Anthony. And I'm so for this. I can't tell you. So just know that I believe in him. And I know that you can believe in him. And we all believe in the Florida Council of the Blind and the American Council of the Blind. And let's go out there and advocate. All right. Well, this is going to be a wonderful meeting and we're going to turn it over to Terry and Leslie in just in one second. But, you know, a convention is not a convention without a door prize. So our door prize was donated by Literacy Project for $15, and it's a Wendy's gift certificate. Lunch! And our winner is Anita Holmes. So we would like to thank Rick Morin at ACB Media for streaming our convention. And we would like to thank Ryan Cordell, who is our cameraman sitting in the back of this room. So Terry and Leslie, take it away. Thank you, Katie, so much for that wonderful introduction. So it's Terry and Leslie. And we're here to talk to you about Get Up and Get Moving. So what we're going to do today is give you guys some basic tips and tricks, but first we got to talk about some exciting news. We couldn't be here today if we did not have our health heroes. So we have Walmart is one of our health heroes. So it's hot in Florida, but what a great place to go and do what? Walking indoors at Walmart. You go in and you tell them, thank you for being health heroes. And we kind of know that corporates are sponsored but we need to say thank you to our local store. So get into those Walmarts and walk. Get up and get moving. Leslie, who's our next health hero? Is American Printing House. And they do a lot of the printing in Louisville and help us out. And that's a wonderful health hero for us. And then we have... um, Another one. Oh, yeah. Um, we cannot forget about Vanda because we know how important good sleep is in our community. So, Vanda, thank you for all your help and support. But you know what, Leslie? Besides our shakers, yeah, we need a drum roll. Ooh. Okay, everybody. Drum roll. Put your hands on the table. We need a big drum roll. We're going to introduce a brand new health hero. Nike. Just Nike, do just do it. Get up and get moving. Woo! So we're super excited. 
excited. Okay. So now what we're going to do is kind of take it down a little bit. Okay. Oh, listen. Do you hear that alarm? I do. That's on my phone. Okay. It goes off every single day at 3.05. So you can work out? To tell me it's time to get up and get moving. <laughs> but you know what happens? What happens almost every day in our community? Leslie, I'm going to hand you this for I can take care of my phone. So if you guys are out there on the ACB community, I teach classes um, every day, Monday through Friday. You can come to Easy Chair Yoga on Mondays, Tuesdays and Thursdays, Resistance. And Wednesday, we do an advanced resistance ball class yoga, and we all fall off the balls and laugh. And Friday, we do happy hour cardio. Woohoo! Oh, yes. And Monday night, the first Monday of each month, we do a circuit class. So we just kind of move around the room where you're at. So back to you, Terry. Thank you, Leslie. I think one of the important things is to talk about the basics of getting up and get moving. A lot of us in our community, that can be different things. Um, but the first thing is, is you need to make sure before you start any physical activity, you communicate with your medical team, your primary care physician. But there's important ways for you to have self-care is health care. I love Next Generation for coming up for that. Do you remember, was it Triple G that did that? Triple G. Triple G. Health, self-care is health care. So we're going to teach you guys basic things such as breathing, how to check your heart rate, how to count your heart rate, and also make sure your signs and symptoms of hydration. Because being in Florida, actually anywhere in the United States, anywhere in the world, you can get heat stroke and dehydration. And you want to make sure we're not doing that. So, Leslie, let's teach them about how to check their radio pulse and what is the best heart rate to have when we're exercising. Let's go for it, Terry. All right. <laughs> so everyone, I want you to stick out a wrist, okay? And then you're going to take your two fingers, your pointer finger and your index finger, and you're going to place it along where the ulna is, which you guys are like, what's the ulna? Um, and the radius. So you're going to put your finger on your thumb, and you're going to go up to your wrist, and there's a little bump there, and just apply light pressure. Ooh, mine's a kicking. I'm excited. <laughs> You're alive. I'm alive. If you can't feel your pulse, shake shake your beans. Oh, good. If you can't feel it, you can't feel it. No, I can't. Okay. All right, so your resting heart rate should, should be less than, you're going to make me laugh, which laugh is the best medicine, too. I'm laughing lessly on my calls. <laughs> and you're terrific, Terry. Traveling, Terry, yes. Traveling, Terry. Um, so the great news is, is, everyone, you can count your heart rate to 10 seconds. So we're going to do that now. So listen. Okay, the number that you got, you can times 10 or just add a zero to the end. The other way you can do it is count it for six seconds and multiply it times. Oh, no, wait, I did that backwards, didn't I? Yeah. Okay. See, I, see, I, I was a little excited. 
speech in the medical field, I was checking for responsiveness. Good job, you caught it. So, so what you want to do is count your pulse for six seconds and then multiply it times 10 or just add the zero behind it. Okay. Yes. Couldn't you also put your your fingers on your carotid artery in your neck and do it there also if you couldn't find your radius? You're right, but never check them both at the same time. Right. Because the carotids are the ones that send the blood to the brain. So what? You, <laughs> so take your two fingers, and we can either do the left side or the right side, not both at the same time, and go up to your jawline, and you're going to kind of draw where your ear is and come down the side of your neck. This is hard to describe. Yeah. Yeah. So you kind of slide down your mandible. That's your jaw. And you go down and you feel it. You feel it. You're alive. Everybody's alive. Woohoo! I'm so glad I'm not doing CPR today. Okay, so that is very important. And the goal is to, when you're burning fat, I know the heart rate should be around 120, but if it gets too high, you actually go into anaerobe burning, and it's not the good fat you're burning. Anaerobic? Anaerobic. Okay. Right? Isn't yes. it above one? Yes, anaerobic. It's one, what's the heart rate? 140? 140, yes. Yeah. 140. So ultimately, we want to be at... Between 100. 100 and 120. That's that fat burning and muscle building and circulation. Um, just to let you guys know, if you feel your heart rate lower than 60, don't call 911. Okay. What it is, is your heart is working so proficiently because your heart is a big muscle. So everyone's give, put your high five up in the air. And I want you to spread your fingers out really big and squeeze them together and out real big and squeeze. So imagine your heart is the size when your hand is completely closed. And when you pull in, that's the muscle of your heart working. So the more proficient, the better the heart squeezes, the less it has to beat, the less heart rate. The rate of that beat doesn't have to be so fast. So Lance Armstrong has a resting heart rate of 42. Leslie's is 50. So, <laughs> so she runs a lot. So we have any other athletes in the room? Your resting heart rate is below 60. Okay. So just make sure if your heart rate's ever taken and they start putting defibrillator pads on you and all this stuff, you say, wait a minute. I'm talking to you, and you're asymptomatic. That means you have no signs of symptoms of a low heart rate where you're not sweating and you're passing out from lack of perfusion to the brain. Okay? Perfusion is blood flow. Woohoo! I love talking about blood flow. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Okay, so the next thing we're going to talk about is breathing. Okay? Should we check for responsive? Let's hear who's out there. Shake, 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 shake. So what we have in... Yes. I like this. I hope we're not upsetting anybody with the noise. 
<laughs> Listen to me. I always ask for permission, forgiveness and permission. <laughs> um, so I just want to say that we want to see what everyone's rhythm of the heart is and listen to the beat. So what I have handed out to everybody is a um, medicine bottle that has beans in them. And so you always wonder, what do you do with these empty medicine bottles? They, they stop recycling them, but they might start back up again. Um, so I was like, let's get these and put beans in them. So that's what you have. Okay, so be careful with them. Please make sure your tops are nice and tight. And I took the label off for um, patient identification. And just know what you can do is let's all take our heart rate and shake our beans to it. So just hold the bottle and shake your heart rate. We don't have to be together, right? You can flip it from side to side. And look at that. We're not even thinking, and we have a beat of life together. Isn't that awesome? Okay. Get up and don't move out of the room, but you can stand up and jiggle, wiggle. Okay, so I think what we need to do, we've been sitting down for a while, Leslie. I think we should stand up. Yeah, so why don't everybody just stand up if you can. Okay. If you have, if you can't, stay in your chair. So push your chair in. Okay. So now what we're going to do is we're going to learn how to take good deep breaths because you know once we get our blood circulating, we need oxygen to get to our bodies and our cells. Okay. So we've been sitting down pretty much all day. So why don't we do a little stretch, Leslie? What do you think? Put our hands up. Oh, reach the sky. Oh, reach to the ceiling. Oh. Okay. All right. Put your arms down. Okay. So now what we're going to do is we're going to add how to breathe with that stretch. So what we're going to do is we're going to bring our arms across our bodies straight up and take a real big deep breath. Hold it. One. Two, three, four, five. And bring your arms down and exhale. <sighs> Did that feel good? I always love doing that. All right. Let's do that again. Arms up, big deep breath in. And I mean, breathe deep in through your nose. Oh, and stretch, 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 stretch. And bring your arms down and blow it out. Okay, so the next thing we're going to do is we're going to take a big deep breath through your nose. Okay, so when you breathe, we're going to breathe in through your nose. Arms up. Okay, breathe. And then when you put your arms down, you're going to blow through your lips like this. Like you're blowing out birthday candles. Okay, so that's called purse lip breathing when you blow through your lips and you actually create a little back pressure. What do you think, Leslie? They're breathing. I but think I think it's wonderful. I need you to hold the mic. Okay. We got to do a tummy check. Oh, okay. Uh -oh. But you have to be on the mic. Oh, okay. But you can say okay. 
So what you want to do is put your hand <laughs> on your core near your near your belly button, okay? And I want you to just focus your hand flat on it, and I want you to breathe and push your hand out when you take a breath in. So push out to take a deep breath or to blow out. When you have all that air out, I want you to take a really deep breath. You're going to pull your shoulders up and bring in your core muscles. Ready? One, two, three. In through your nose. Really, 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 really good. Okay. And now we're going to slowly exhale. We got to make sure we don't do this too hard, too fast. We'll have hyperventilation. And today, we are get up and get moving, not painting. <laughs> Friday. Hi, Zoom. Are you there? We are here. Hi, this is Raylin. Hi, Raylin. How are you doing? Super duper. How I'm many? reading right along with you. Oh, I'm so glad. <laughs> we should have told you, quick, go grab your medicine bottle and shake a shake. Um, how many members are on our Zoom today? Sure. We have four attendees and there are four on the panelist side. So there's a total of eight of us here, I suppose. Wonderful. Let's all give them a shake. All right. Well, you know what is amazing? Whenever we get up and do anything, we have this ACB media group of volunteers. Do you remember how much it fun it was in October when we had that dance-a-thon? Oh, that was a lot of fun. And you know what we're going to do again this year, right? There's our music. Woo! So this is a little bit of jazz. So what we're going to do is just move our arms and stretch and breathe. So let's shoulder your feet shoulder width apart. Take your arms up. Stretch. Put your breathing in through your nose. And drop your arms down and exhale. Okay, we're going to do this for two minutes. Deep breath in. Raise those shoulders. And exhale. Because of us using our canes and our guide dogs, our shoulders get very tense. And this is a great way. You can have your hands going up and down in front of you. You can have them to your side. So if you're doing side, make sure your arm length apart. I don't want to get too far away from you, Leslie. Up and down. Okay. What other great moves? Oh, the circles. Should we do sh shoulder rolls? Yeah. Yeah, let's switch. Okay, let me jump in. I like this music. All right, guys, you guys are going to take your arms up. Keep your hands together. Lean over to the right because in Florida we have a lot of rain. So both arms are together over your head. You're leaning to the right. You should feel your waist and your back. Exhale back to the center. Both arms to the left. You're leaning to the right with your hips. Abs are tight. Your core. Relax your shoulders and smile. Exhale, center. Inhale to the right. So you really should feel this in the back and the waist. 
Exhale, center. These are called my windshield wipers. Exhale to the left. Good, exhale, center. Two more. Inhale to the right. And when you stretch, you want to do everything nice and slow. Not fast. Exhale, center. Inhale to the left, last time. And exhale, center. And bring your arms back down. Back to you, Terry. All right, everybody. Feel that beat. So now we're just going to step in place. Get your little shaker out. Feel that rhythm. Okay. We're going to learn how to do what's called the box step. Okay. So the first step you're going to do is have your feet shoulder width apart. And you're going to step forward with your right foot. And then you're going to bring your left foot right next to your right. Okay. Then we're going to take our right foot and go to the side of your right and bring your left to follow. So everything is going to follow your right foot. You're going to take your right foot back and bring your left foot to your right foot. And then you're going to step to the left with your left foot and bring your right foot. And what did we just make, Leslie? A box. So this is called the box step. So we're going to go a little faster, about half beat. Okay? So we're going to go right, left, right, right, left, and then left, right. Okay? So we're going to do that again. So step forward with your right. Step right to your right side. Step back with your right. Left foot next to your right. And then left with your right. How does everyone feel? You want to step it up to the music? What do you think, Leslie? Should we take it? Let's try it. Okay. So everyone put your feet together. Okay. One, two, three, four. Right, left, right, left, right, left. Making our boxes. Do the speed that you can do. You can snap your fingers. You can shake your your shake. Oh, yeah. Now, for us, some of us really like to get into it. It's called the jazz box. Should we throw this at them? Because we got to get ready for Omaha. And we got to get ready for our next dance on. Okay. So the jazz step is a little fancy trick, but it's the same step. You're going to step forward with your right. And instead of your left foot coming right to your right, you're going to cross over your left foot. So you make an X with your legs and then you kick your right foot back and bring your left foot over to the corner. So it's a little faster. You get through the box faster. Okay? Did you guys get that? Do you feel good? How do you feel? Do I need to slow it down for jazz box? So whichever one you feel good with, let's do it for... Four counts of eight. What do you think, Leslie? All right. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Right foot, left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot, left foot. Oh, that's a table. <laughs> I could get on the table, but I might get in trouble. 
Okay. So another thing we can do is good old marking in place. Okay. So what are we going to do? We're going to march in place. For those of you that are sitting down, you pick up your knee off of the floor, your feet off the floor as high as you can. For those of you guys that are in the room, just pick it up. You want to take it over, Leslie? Sure. All right. So you guys are marching, yes? All right. So we're marching. We're marching. Keep your core nice and tight. Shoulders down. We're going to take the right foot out to three o'clock. Left foot out to nine. Tap your right big toe. Tap your left big toe. Tap your right big toe. Left big toe. So you're going out to three o'clock and nine o'clock. You're working your outer thighs, guys. Everybody good? Can we get up? Or shake your beans. <laughs> so you can either stay at this tempo or you can pick it up. Right and left. Right and left. Right and left. Right and left. Tap your big toes. We're going back to the marching. March, march, march. So you're going to march. Everybody's marching, yes? Awesome. Take your right foot back out to three and nine. Tap those toes. Tap your toes. Relax your shoulders. Your cores are tight. Three, two, and march. We're back. I'll do one more thing. All right, we're going to step touch. I'm going to teach this to you slow. Take your right foot out to three o'clock. Bring your left foot in to, not, to match the right foot. Take your left foot out to nine. Bring your right foot in. Take your right foot out to three. Bring your left foot in to meet your right foot. Take your left foot out to nine. Bring your right foot in. Take your right foot out to three. Bring your left foot in. We are doing a step touch. Left foot out to nine. Bring it in. We're going to pick it up. So step touch. It's a little quicker. You can stay at the, the slower tempo if you need to. If you're in your chair, you just tap out to three and nine. Four, three, two, and march. Back to you, Terry. Okay, Leslie, I really appreciate what you just said doing that step touch. Now it's time to learn grapevining. Who wants to learn how to grapevine? Woo! So we're going to take that nine o'clock. No, three o'clock. I'm confused. It's the way that I stand. Okay, okay. Three o'clock to your right with your right foot. And you can either cross your left foot in front of you or behind you. So your legs have made an X. And then you swing your right foot out to nine o'clock wow. again. And three o'clock. <laughs> and you put your feet together. So it's a four-step count. Everything that we're teaching you today is four steps. So now we're going to go the other way, which is nine o'clock. Okay, I'm learning my clock today. So <laughs> okay, so let's take our left foot and go nine o'clock. And you can just bring your right foot over. Okay, and then we're going to do it again. Left foot out to nine o'clock and bring your right foot over. Okay, 
So there's two ways to do it. You can do the cross to be fancy, or you can just do your slide together. This is called the great slide. All right, you should do this. Ready? Okay, five, six, seven, eight. Right, three o'clock, left, right, left together. Left, right, left, right together. Back over to three o'clock, right, right, nine o'clock, left, left, right, three o'clock, right, three o'clock, nine, nine to the left, left, right, three, right, three, left, nine, left, nine. And what do you think, Leslie? Should I show them what I do? See if you can do just in case and then I swing my left leg so my back side is facing you and then I cross over and come back so when I go the next way I do it backwards like that so what's really great is once you get up and get moving or just sitting in your chair moving your feet you can do different things with it the most important thing is to get up and get moving. All right. So, um, you know what we kind of did? We kind of showed them the moves of uh, the electric slide. We did. Woo! All right. So you guys pay attention because in Omaha, we're going to be potentially teaching the electric slide. Who's going to Omaha? Woo! Let's cool him down. Okay, let's cool him down. How are you guys feeling? What'd you say? You want to do the slide? <laughs> we might want to turn it. Can we turn it down a little? I don't think we can do all the slides, but we want Omaha. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's bring it down, guys. Good job. So you guys can sit back in your chair. Roll your shoulders back. Up, back, and down. Roll your shoulders. Roll your shoulders. Up, back, and down. Good. Good job, guys. Let's stretch our neck right here to right shoulder. And everybody say, ah. Take it back to the center. Take your left ear to the shoulder. Make sure you're breathing in through the nose and out through the mouth. Back to center. Drop your chin in towards your chest. And then look up like at a plane. Do not look all the way to the ceiling. You want to look like a plane's going by. So halfway up as you exhale. Inhale, drop your chin in towards your chest. Exhale like a plane's going by. And take it back to neutral. Roll your shoulders. Good, 
Roll them forward, bring them up and roll them forward. We've all been sitting all day. <laughs> roll your shoulders. Good. Bring both arms up. Interlace your fingers and then bring them forward like you have a big ice cream scoop. So intertwine your fingers and push your arms out. This is your big ice cream scoop. And then bring your chest in towards your ice cream scoop. So you're gonna feel the upper back, yes? Everybody breathe in. Good, exhale, take your arms up to the ceiling and then lean back into like a little back bend. So keep your hands together, lean back, don't fall out of your chairs. <laughs> Look at your hands if you can, if you don't get dizzy. Good, and breathe in. And exhale, bring them back. Bring your hands into your heart. Palms together, hands together, elbows out. We're going to twist to the right. Twist to the right. So elbows out to nine and three. Palms together, hands together. Exhale, center. Inhale, twist to the left. You should be feeling back and waist, guys. Exhale, back to center. Inhale, to the right. Everybody feel your back and your waist. Shake your beans if you do. Yay, there you go. Exhale to the left. Good. And exhale back to the center. Back to you, Terry. All right, everybody. How do you feel? I'm going to go out and see how they feel. All right. Woo! Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is that who I think in our audience? Is that Dan Spoon? Woo! So, Dan, how do you feel about getting up and get moving with ACB and FCB? I feel excited. Woo! That's okay. We just want you to shake it. Shake it. Hi, how are you doing today? How do you feel about getting up and get moving with Florida Council of the Blind and American Council of the Blind? Yes, our bodies are not meant to be still. And I thought I moved a lot. Woo! Leslie gets me beat. Sometimes we meet and we're on treadmills and bicycles. And I'm, I'm like, okay, Leslie, can, I got to stop and think for a second. Uh-oh. Okay. So, I think it's important to reach out to our Zoomers. Okay, so Zoomers, let's hear about how you like getting up and get moving with ACB and Florida Council of the Blind. We are here and we are moving. I don't currently have any hands up for you at the moment, but I'm definitely <laughs> bebopping along with you. Woohoo! Bebopping, yeah! Well, we're excited. We've got dances coming. I think we're going to have a dance after tonight or is it tomorrow? I think it's tonight, don't we? A dance with John? No, for Florida Council of the Blind. Tomorrow after the banquet. Yes, John Richards is doing some music. So get up and get moving. And there we'll be able to do the electric slide. So let's go and have fun. Oh, but 
we should talk about what we're going to do at nationals. Okay, so get up and get moving. I, are we going to get a, a chance to get up and lay down to sleep at nationals? No. <laughs> because it starts off with strive for you. Strive with okay. you. Strive with you. Yeah. Yes. They're doing a, um, a self-defense class and also doing that. What's that game? Beatball. Oh, go ball. Go ball. Yeah. I've never experienced that. I'm so excited. But there goes my heart rate again. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. <laughs> and, and then we've got that little thing we're doing. The ACB Brenda Dillon Memorial Walk. And there's a tailgate party before it. Woo! Do the tailgate party if you're in Omaha. We're going to have hamburgers, hot dogs, one free drink. And then we're going to walk Terry from the tailgate into General Session. And what we're really excited about is how do we get to get a ticket to go to tailgate party? That's super easy. All we got to do is register to walk. Um, I haven't checked today, but um, oh yes, I know Sugar Warriors. Oh, I, I know Sugar Warriors. Diabetics in action. Woo! We're giving t-shirts. <laughs> there's a little there's a little friendly competition between us. <laughs> and that's what we love about our community. There is nothing wrong. So all you have to do is, is go out and donate to the Florida Hurricanes. Sugar Warriors! Let's go! What's so important is how, but there is also 20 other teams, but you don't want to donate to any of them. <laughs> or Sugar Warriors. Come on, Diabetics in Action. Woo! Um, you know, Leslie, you know, we need to talk about who, who else is on this great get up and get moving train that we've started. We really should. Yeah. And um, our chairman, Tom Tobin. Who happens to be the president of Diabetics in Action? Just to remind you, the Florida Hurricanes watch team. No, <laughs> um, I believe he's one of the top. You and him are in this big competition to be top donors. Right? Yeah. So, um, but yes, we got to take the time to introduce the great committee that we are on. And Leslie, it's been a great time sharing with you, and I'm so looking forward to because this is a three-year campaign. But our president, your Dan Spoon, our Dan Spoon has informed us that it's a three-year campaign starting this year. So last year, last year didn't count. No, that was oh, a warm-up. Warm that was a warm-up. <laughs> but our dynamic team is Tom Tobin is our chairman. And in front of you today, United. We're the co-chairs of the, what are we? Oh, PR committee. <laughs> Woo, just do it. I've been so excited about Nike. That is awesome. Woo. All right. So everyone, yep. Connie Sims and Amanda Sound is our co-chairs for our advocacy. That is so fantastic because Amanda is the president of Next Generation. Yes, how exciting. Yeah, and Connie is on the board of directors for ACB and the president of South Dakota. So we're really excited and we cannot forget Dan Dillon.
I love Dan Dillon. He's oh, been he's great. Yeah, he is the best. And he and is calling Dan with hair when we're out visiting with him. Yeah, I heard we got to yes. give him extra time Dan to with get hair. ready. Yes. Yeah. So yes. Dan Dillon, get ready. The tailgate party starts at okay. Well, oh. tell my heart. <laughs> An hour before prep time. An hour ahead of time, Mr. D. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm super excited. Um, and he's from Nashville, Tennessee. Woo! Yeah. Nashville, Tennessee. And um, he kind of got this all started a couple of years ago with that whole Brenda Dillon walk. Do you want to talk about that, Leslie? You're on that committee as well. I am. I am. So, yes. So, Dan Dillon and Brenda Dillon started the American Council of Blind Brenda Dillon Memorial Walk. After she passed, we named it the Brenda Dillon Memorial Walk. So, in, her, in honor of her. It's a wonderful event. Um, half of the proceeds go to... The Florida Hurricanes. No, sorry. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I had a slip. Sorry, I had, a, I had a slip there. <laughs> no, seriously, we're just being funny here. But half of the money goes to your back to your affiliate or your committee. It's a wonderful thing to do. Um, show your love for your committee or just an individual. Um, you know, things. It helps scholarships. It helps people come to the convention, state convention, or the national convention. Um, it's just a wonderful thing. And and it got started in 2009 right here in Orlando, Florida, Terry. Did you know that? I didn't. And again, Leslie, teaching me all these wonderful history that has been going on. And I think it's great because it's go to your neighbors and say, hey, can you sponsor me? And the website is very user-friendly for us. And you just send the link and you just tell your neighbors, come learn about what I'm doing. And not only does it give... Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I didn't know you were handing it. <laughs> um, by the way, we had no prep time for this. <laughs> so how are you guys enjoying it? Okay, so what we want to say is, is um, get up and get moving. And what a better way than participating in the walk. It brings awareness to our community. Check us out what we're doing. Make friends with local restaurants and business owners. Um, Leslie, you know, they don't even have to walk. They can just come to the tailgate party and then go in and listen to Dan at the opening session. <laughs> and you said hamburgers and hot dogs hot and, and one free drink. And one free potato drink. Potato salad. Are you making the potato salad? Um, for how many people? I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. I, I'll... I'll leave the dancing part. I might get some help from some local college girls or something. Um, maybe a cheerleading squad for University of Nebraska. Yeah, or somebody. Yes, on on Sunday night. Wait, wait, wait. No, that is it Sunday? Okay, okay. I haven't put that in my Victor yet. Yeah, yeah. We've got okay. There's so much going on. So Sunday we're doing that walk. Are we crossing from a state to another state? We yeah, we're yes. taking the longest walk on a pedestrian bridge, and we're going from Nebraska to Iowa, Iowa, and that is going to be fantastic because a sugar warriors <laughs> are going to have beautiful shirts on. Um, <laughs> Look at you, you silly girl. I am silly. Uh, oh, 
Um, or the Florida Hurricanes. Um, Sugar Warriors. Okay. Um, you know, if you threw in a Florida Gator, I'll be right on your side, girl. You, you did notice that our colors are blue and orange. Blue and orange, baby. For get up and get moving. Yes. Um, so we're really excited about that. And we've got um, Gola Ball. We're doing, we're doing oh, the next oh. generation. Yeah. Self-care is health care. Yeah, that's right. Isn't that beautiful? Everyone repeat after me. Self-care is health care. Say it. Yes. And Leslie and I are so excited to be part of that panel with hey, Connie. Connie. Yes. So, Leslie, you're going to talk about fitness. I'm going to talk about breathing. Right? Breathing. And, breathe. yep, and Connie's going to talk about massage yeah. therapy and how important it is for, I think, her and I are both going to do meditation, but yeah. it's all the things. You're sleep there. No, awesome. meditation. Why does everyone think meditation's for sleeping? <laughs> you know what it is for? It's for calming those voices in our head. I mean, um, calming, <laughs> calming, <laughs> calming. <laughs> yeah, it's to calm us down and bring us centered. Oh, so we have that positive. Well, it can give you a good, healthy sleep. Oh. And what else are we doing on oh. Saturday, I believe? Hello. We're doing, we're doing um, with the IAC, which is uh, oh, yes. uh, uh, um, the committee for the committee. Thank you. Information <laughs> Access Committee. We're doing a panel with them. It's oh. low tech, high tech. Yes. And I love the title of that yeah. because some of us can't afford all these fancy Apple watches, which I did get my Google watch, but I've had it for a year and I haven't used it yet. Okay. I'm, I've got to get it done. I I am second, but we're going to teach you everything from low tech to high tech to help you fit this one. You know what else? What else? We're going to shake our bonbons. Oh, Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. Electric slide on Thursday after the big ball or dance or banquet. Okay. I knew it started with the big ball dance. Banquet. Banquet. (laughs) (laughs) Laughter is free and it's great medicine. Ready? Okay. Um, we should charge for this comedy. We should. Okay. So what we're going to do is um, we're having a dance with the Multicultural Committee Affairs. Okay. You know, I'm having a great time. Multicultural Affairs Committee. We're so excited that Gabe um, came up to us and said we want to add a little Latin. So we're excited because we're not just going to do Latin. We're going to do some reggae. Woo! We're going to do all the music we can and share the cultural rhythm. I got to be careful, Leslie. I don't knock you over. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you are strong. But I'm, I can be strong, too. Um, a lot of stuff coming up, Terry. When are we going to have time to sleep? Um, did we schedule that? No. <laughs> Meditation. Come to self-care, self-care. 
<laughs> but um, we're super excited. And you know what's fantastic? You know who the most important member of our campaign is? Everybody who? in our community. Oh, yes. yes. What about our Facebook page? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Woo, that's Woo. right. We have ACB Get Up and Get Moving Facebook page. We want to hear your stories. What does it mean to you to get up and get moving? Moving. And you know what? We need to check in with Zelda, how she walked into oh, yeah. Omaha. Yes. Yeah. I kind of drifted off a little bit on my route. 1,400 miles is a lot. Is anybody walking to Omaha yet? Okay. Crowd, shake your knees. Woo! Hey, we got like less than uh, 30 days to go. How you doing? Are you there yet? Are you there yet? Are you there yet? <laughs> but um, I heard that on Sunday edition on June 19th with Andy Corona. On Father's Day. On Father's Day. Okay. Zelda. The day after the auction also. Oh, yeah. Let's sleep. When do you sleep? I meditate. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did notice what an awesome job you did with the Florida Council of Line auction. Thank you. And your auctioneer, Dan and Peggy and Bob. Bob slash Robert. What a great thing you guys did. Do you know how much you raised? We don't yet. We don't oh. know Sunday. I, I have a little secret. Okay. I know someone who kept track while he was listening. Oh, okay. It was over $3,500 oh. you raised. Wow. Yeah. And we did it with all you guys' help and donations. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So on June 19th, make sure to listen to Sunday edition. It's Father's Day. It's the day after the auction. <laughs> and we're going to hear what the last half a mile is going to be in Omaha. That last half a mile, really? Yeah. From Zelda? From Zelda. Oh, how far she's gone and everything? Yeah, but there's something they're going to maybe do that last half mile. Really? Like ride a bike or... Or skip, or I don't know. So you have to stay tuned. Yeah. Oh, Sunday edition and Anthony Corona and Zelda. Wow. There you go. It's hard, our PR job, (laughs) keeping up with everything. So before we go, um, let's do a time check. What time is it, everybody? 3.51. Hey, Leslie, we did good. We did great. Well, we got to take one more time to say thank you to our wonderful healthy heroes and if you so we got our newest one is nike we got walmart go to your local walmart and get walking and maybe shaking it while you're walking you know that's that's the only time i get to drive now there you go i drive the golf i drive i drive the cart i'm scared of you the scavenger hunt. Leslie, I almost forgot we sponsored something else today. So you guys, we have a... We have this great, fantastic way of experiencing the convention and get some prizes. Okay, it's a scavenger hunt. There's 15 things that you can get up to 15 things. There's some things that have already occurred, but you can get creative and you use your phone or your Victor or a recorder and you get either a picture, a video, or an audio sound. 
the the it was scavenger hunt. I'm not, but there are two people in this room that are in the scavenger hunt. Leslie, yes. Is anybody in here playing the scavenger hunt? Because here's a chance to get an audio clip. Is anybody playing? Okay. Remember what your question is? Yeah, I do. Okay. All right. Well, here you go. Get your recorders ready. Leslie, what's your scavenger hunt? You got to say. Bye, bye, bye. Woo! And if you aren't ready, go see her in the exhibit hall because she yells bye, bye, bye for chocolates. And I say bye, bye, bye popcorn. Okay, so <laughs> um, so what's really great about the scavenger hunt is you can get it electronically sent to you in your packet. It's also available in large print. And if you need a, if you need to find out more information, please stop by the Calm FCB. Are you meditating? I'm not meditating. Why did you think I was meditating? Oh, no. Calm is chapter at large members of Florida Council of One. We cover the entire state. I know. Isn't that word calm? And you know what's great is I'm the president. And I. I need a lot of calmness so i need a lot of support so i'm really excited for the people that i work with but come by our table and i will be honored to help you with the scavenger hunt leslie will be honored to help answer where you can get the list of the 15 items now you don't have to get all 15 you just want to get as many as you can and then yeah tell them the prices Ooh, so we have a 50 dollar amazon card 25 dollar amazon card and a 20 Five dollar Amazon card. So the walk away empty-handed from Amazon. <laughs> so what we want to say is, is um, you have up to five o'clock on Saturday. Um, the exhibit hall closes at three, but I will give the location of where I'll be. Most likely somewhere sitting and having a drink and you've come up with your videos and your pictures and whoever gets the most turned in gets $50 and then it goes down there second and third place and the announcement of who wins will be on Sunday at our Florida Council of the Blind board meeting so it's not going to be boring at the board meeting oh, oh no it's going to be exciting we would be remiss not to mention Tony Stevens that started this get up and get moving campaign. So we would also like to thank Tony Stevens because this was kind of his baby, Terry, in the very beginning. Now the dances were now just starting, but in the very beginning when we thought it began, it was Tony Stevens, our development director of ACB, American Council of the Blind, that came up with this idea. Right, Terry? That is so true. And let me tell you, we've been getting up and get moving from day one. Woo I feel like, woo! We've been great, but you know what? We didn't finish our sponsors. So let's go over again. Um, APH, we should probably say what that is. American Printing House for the Blind. Um, there's another one. Vanda. Vanda, because it's so important for sleep. And they're also our gold sponsor for this FCB convention. So yay. So make sure you get out there. Get out to your local Walmart, Nike, Vanda, and APH and say thank you. And if you have anybody in your circle of influence that you feel would be a great um 
collaboration for us and get up and get moving, please don't hesitate to contact Leslie or I or anybody on the committee and we'll be honored to work with them and help us get this campaign worldwide. Do we want to close with a little Shavasana? Sounds great. Let's do it. So everybody close your eyes. Take a deep breath in and exhale out. Just enjoy your being. Enjoy your body. Take this time. Center your soul. And breathe in. Keep your eyes closed. Don't peek. And exhale out. We've been very busy this week so far. So enjoy this time. Be very selfish. Don't think about your family or your friends or anything you have to do in the next hour. Just breathe. Keep your eyes closed. We're all beautiful people. Enjoy your being. Let your mind just melt. Breathe in and breathe out. Don't move around. They don't think. Just breathe in and breathe out. You happen to fall asleep, that's fine. Enjoy your being. And as Cindy Hollis says, empower, embrace, and engage your environment. And enjoy your body. Bring your hands together, palms together. Nine and three. Bring your chin towards your chest. Keep your eyes closed. And Terry and I say, Namaste. Good job, guys. Woohoo! You know, we didn't do any questions. Oh, let's do some questions. Okay. Hey, this is Nijo. I just want to thank you both. You guys are wonderful and I, I can just feel your enthusiasm and excitement. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for sharing that. Thank, thank you. you for, thank you for getting me up and moving. Woohoo! <laughs> yes! Is there anybody in the room that wants to make a comment or a question? Shake, shake. I'll come to you. Any questions? Comments? Thank you, everybody. Remember, get up and get moving. Woo! Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the pre-convention board meeting. I'm board meeting. Pre-convention meeting. Board meeting for 2022 convention. So would everybody please rise? Eugene Backy, are you in here? Would you please lead us in the pledge? And where's the flag, guys? It's to your left. Okay, it's it's to your right, Eugene. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. 
Thank you, Eugene. Want me to do a door prize? Oh, yeah. While I'm look, pulling that up, Katie, door prize. Oh, what a good idea. <laughs> Our door prize was donated by Project by Literacy Project, and it's a $15 gift certificate for Wendy's. This sounds like lunch to me. And our winner is da 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 Greg Lindbergh. Rail Revival League of Florida. Nigel raised his hand. Oh, okay. Chapter at large members. No. Okay. Coalition for the Concerns of the Totally Blind. No, they weren't credentials either. Uh, Florida's Council of Citizens with Low Vision. Thank you. Greater Miami Council of the Blind. Um, Sally? What? I'm sorry, Sally. This is Patricia Lepofsky. CCTV is present. Okay, good. Thank you. You're welcome. Oh, Greater Orlando Council of the Blind. Here. Guide Dog Users of Florida. Here. Halifax Council of the Blind. Here. Jacksonville Council of the Blind. Did somebody answer? Yes. Cache okay. did. I'm sorry, I didn't hear. Um, Manatee Council of the Blind. Kathy Salami. Okay. Miami Beach Council of the Blind. <laughs> Miami Metro Council of the Blind. Julian is here. Northwest Florida Chapter of the Florida Council of the Blind. Palm Beach Council of the Blind. Pinellas Council of the Blind. Randolph Shepherd Vendors of Florida. Sarasota Council of the Blind. Randy All Reed. Right. Well, he wants he wants to make sure because I left him off in credentials. Sorry about that. Uh, Southwest Council of the Blind. Southwest. Lisa, are you here? Paul was there. Oh no, is, is he? Rep- I don't know. Okay. Oh, that's right. Okay. Tallahassee Council of the Blind. Here. Wanda. Tampa Council of the Blind. President. Here. First Vice President. Here. Second Vice President. Here. Treasurer. Yep. Re- recording Secretary. Yes, ma'am. Membership Secretary, half here. Um, immediate Past President. At large members. Okay. Awards Committee. What? That would be Jim. Yes. Oh, okay. Barbara Brown. Okay, Access Committee, and then Archives Committee, Elizabeth Bowden. Okay, Awards Committee, Barbara Brown. (laughs) Sorry, I will get it right one day. Uh, I'm just making access. (laughs) Budget and Finance Committee, Mark Lear. There's a bug in here. Wait a minute, he's on my sheet. (laughs) Sorry. Okay, uh, Constitution and Bylaws Committee, Cynthia Hawkins. Okay, uh, Convention Committee, Katie Lear. 
I am here. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad you're here. Education and Leadership Committee, Gabriel Lopez Cafati. Here. This flight is driving me nuts. Jeez. Employment Lucky. Committee, Bar Barbara Brown. Barbara. Yes. Executive Committee, Sheila Young. Here. Are you sure? <laughs> Fundraising Committee, Dan Spoon. Here. Governmental Affairs Committee, Debbie Grubb. Here. Membership Committee, Cassandra Jesse. Here. Well, I'm so glad you're here. Uh, Project Insight Committee, Nancy Folsom. Publications and Publicity Committee, Shelley Sawyer. Resolutions Committee, Paul Edwards. Resolved, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> he just said, "Bit resolved, I am here." Techno Technology Committee, Jason Goldfield. Here. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Okay, I think that's. I did what? Oh, oh, you know what I didn't call though, and you told me to. Credentials Committee. Who's chair of that? You. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations, Sally. No, you have to understand. You have to understand. You don't know what happened in credentials. All I can tell you is, it's not me, y'all. Okay. Okay. Now, before I sit down, just let me say. I apologize if I'm out to lunch, but I am out to lunch. But I will be better later on. Thank you. Yeah, about two or three bourbon, I'll be fine. Next on the agenda is approval of the minutes from the mid-year board meeting of 2021. I need a motion. Wanda move. Eugene Backey, is there any additions or correct? Are there any additions or corrections? Hearing none, all in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Mary would kill you. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see, next on the agenda. Oh, thank you to all of our hosts on Zoom, to all of our streamers, Mr. Rick. And I'm sure I'll repeat this Sunday, but anyway, this is pre-convention. Um, Rick, thank you to all the chapters for your um, donations to the door prizes and the, and the auctions. And thank you to all of our sponsors. So, uh, but you'll hear all that Sunday as well. Um, next on the agenda, hotel um, updates and information. Before I get Mikey up here, I have something I need to address. I went outside earlier with a sighted individual, and I've had two sighted individuals tell me this. There are dog poop bags and dog poop left in the grass and on the sidewalk. That is not acceptable, guys. Our dog owners know better. The dogs can't do it. So you guys need to be responsible or this hotel's not gonna want us back. That's not respectful. And we did have a dog that <clears throat> accidentally had an accident outside of the elevator. So I would hope and pray that our owners would take responsibility and make sure that your dog stuff 
<laughs> I started to say something else, <laughs> is cleaned up and, and put in the garbage properly. And if you don't know where the garbage is, ask somebody. It's very easy to find. Thank you, Mary. Is it to the left? To the right. To the right as you go out the door? As you're coming back in. Okay, so it is the left as you're going out, right, right. as you're coming back in. Okay. So please, please do that. We don't want the hotel to think badly of us. Yes. There's also a container in the grass. It's there and has bags that you can also put your dog poop in as well. So there's a container in the grass that has containers in it. And you can put your dog poop in there? Yep. Okay. All right. There you go. There's no reason for it, guys. Come on. Let's let's show show this hotel what FCB is, please. All right, Mr. Mikey. Maintaining our stream of uh, canine fecal conversation. <laughs> um, for the individuals whose dogs prefer asphalt, I am going to kindly remind you that the service dog relief area is towards the back of the hotel and to not continue to use the port cachet driveway where the cars come in as that has become an issue as well um i i understand that um it, it can be challenging to locate the correct place uh some dogs you know i i felicia we know is a princess and she's very particular about where she puts her stuff as well um but there there's ample uh, individuals throughout the hotel that can help direct you to the proper area. And I'm going to, I'm going to kindly request that you use the correct area, um, to avoid an uncomfortable conversation, uh, with me in the future. Um, uh, I am going to, on behalf of FCB and the Sheraton Orlando North Hotel, apologize, um, for the inconvenience for the elevators last night. Um, we have made a note internally, uh, within the convention committee. We, we apologize as we should have done a better job of informing everybody where the stairs were prior to arrival, just for overall safety measures. Um, for those of you who elected to take the stairs down, you know, you definitely got your cardio in. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, that, that, that event was proudly sponsored by the Get Up and Get Moving campaign of ACB. So, you know, we're, nothing but collaboration throughout the board here, folks. Okay. Yeah. So I, I, we do a, we do apologize and we thank everybody for their patience and understanding. We would also like to welcome Murphy. Uh, Murphy Law, who has made a significant presence here at the convention. Um, I don't see his name on the registration, but at this point, we're going to go ahead and eat the $25 if he will leave the premises. <laughs> uh, so, uh, it, it, you know, things happen, folks. Um, if your dog has an accident, if um, your toilet overflows, you know, it's Find a phone, find a person, find me, um, and and we will will get to it. But but it's important that if you if you spill something, drop something, um, you know, kind of stand in the area and let somebody know. Because as as we all know, we share the common denominator of, of being sight challenged, um, and it not only needs to be picked up for the for the overall sanitary and aesthetic reasons, but out of consideration for everybody else who, who may step in it, walk through it, or slip in it. We, we don't want that to happen, okay? Um, life happens. We're, 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 we're okay. We just need to fix it and nip it in the butt.
Um, we will, that's breakfast that seems to be going good. Staffing has been going good. Um, for those of you who were at the karaoke last night, um, everybody seemed to have, they had you know, enough servers that uh, nobody was starving and trying to eat the table like we did last year. Uh, breakfast seems to be going well. Um, if anybody has any individual concerns, as always, I, I am available. Just uh, uh, pull me aside as long as I'm not running somewhere else, okay? <laughs> um, and we'll, we'll have a discussion and then we'll, we'll figure out how to make things better for you. I haven't heard uh, much um, by way of, of anything that needs to be, you know, significantly corrected. I'm looking forward to, to dinner tonight. There will be a cash bar as usual in the room. Don't ask me where it's at right now because I'll, I'll make that announcement once we figure out where we're going to put it. And am I missing anything from hotel? Um, am I missing anything in the hotel? Thank you, Dan. Hospitality room hosted by the Greater Orlando Council of the Blind and, and the Spoons. I'm sorry? Yes, folks, the Swift room. And let me give you the instructions. And for those of you on Zoom, make sure you take notes in case you decide to Uber over here. And... Uh, <laughs> And, and participate in our very well-stocked hospitality room. Um, Swift is going to be located. I'm going to give you guys the instructions exiting the elevator because I think everybody comes out of the elevator a couple times a day. When you exit the elevators, you make a right until the main hallway. When you get to the main hallway, you go left, like if you're going to exhibits, except instead of veering left... Just follow the wall to the right and there's going to be a hallway with a little door. And once you go through that door, trail the wall that's directly in front of you and that wall is going to take you to the left and then to the right and around a corner. And by that time, you should hear the hospitality room. That was good. You should hear it. The fun is definitely there. Anything, and if anybody needs anything individually, as always, you know, just just reach out. Um, I don't have anything else to report in reference to the hotel right now. There is a sign, but but you won't need it. By the time you get close enough to read the sign, you will hear the hospitality room. But the room is called Swift. In case you have to ask for assistance at the front desk or need a, an employee to help you there, it is called the Swift room. Door will be open. And again, you know, it's again, folks, we, we are a bigger group this year than than we have been in quite a few years. I think everybody really wanted to get out of the house. So hey, thank you for not allowing me to sit on my laurels this time and then really putting me to the test. Um, and, and we work with individuals within the hotel. The hotel is made out of concrete, but it is held together by by individuals, human beings. So if and and things happen again. So if if you need to address a specific concern, I, I would cord I would ask, implore you that you be relatively cordial um, and respectful when addressing those concerns uh, with the employees in of the hotel. 
Um, if you if you feel that you are significantly agitated or, or, or discomforted by anything that's going on and you would like a, a tempered voice um, to advocate for you, please find me. You know what I mean? And, and, and I'll be happy to pick that cross up for you. Um, but there, there does need to be a certain sense of humanity in our interactions um, when things are not going up to our expectations. Uh, it, it needs it needs to be constructive, folks. OK. I am Mikey Wiseman, your hotel coordinator, and I'm going to sit down now. <laughs> Be it resolved. <laughs> Man, I'm going to tell you what, guys, you got to give Mikey a hand because he runs his tail off. Mighty <laughs> crown. <laughs> Mark. Speaking of money. <laughs> Would you like to talk about vouchers? Speaking of money. <laughs> you want the mic? Okay, vouchers. That means you get paid because you're a board rep and you send in some information for travel and stuff. Um, most of that was all done by email. Thank you to Katie because she worked with it and got your information, I have the information, you will be getting um, a check in the mail if you want it. You can also have it through PayPal or through Zelle. Um, and if you're currently doing it that way, because <clears throat> you've done it for, for a couple of years now and I've been the treasurer for a couple of years now, um, so that's what you're going to get according to the mileage and the uh, you know, stuff you're, that you are going to get. Any questions? When? Uh, when I get home. <laughs> and also, no, seriously, within yeah, within a week or two after I get home and get it all squared away, it's pretty much, you know, I just have to write it down and put it in my spreadsheet and then send it out. So give me two weeks and we're good. Thank you. I don't want it, I don't want it to take any longer than two weeks either, so... Any more questions? First timers, there were I have still some first timers to work out, uh, but some first timers were given their check uh, today, and um, others will get their check or they'll do Zell. Any other questions? Uh oh, come on, Tom, what you got? No, not on my, it's not, it hasn't been discussed yet, it hasn't come my direction, but you're probably right. There's got to be something done somewhere along there, but we will work that out. That's Tom, probably under new business. The guidelines for the state mileage, and they haven't increased it yet. It's still 0.445 cents per mile. But it is something we're considering. We just haven't got there yet. We they haven't, haven't talked to me yet. To see. <laughs> haven't talked to me about it because I'm the attorney. No, but then, then no, I don't. I'm actually I talk about money like that. But if I'm told to do it, that's and what the membership wants. That's what's done. So if it gets raised, I benefit from it too. So yeah, Sunday. All right. See you Sunday. <laughs>
seriously, if if the membership thinks that it needs to be considered and raised, then Sunday at the business meeting would be the time to bring it up. So thank you, Tom, for that question. Um, Sally, are there any is there is there any information about registration that you need to share? Okay, we've added a few more this weekend. Um, I'm going to give you a number, but it may not be exactly right because I haven't had a chance to add up everything. I can tell you there are about 100 attending. There are about 130, I think, who have registered either in person or on Zoom. We have got the band, biggest awards banquet that I've ever seen. It keeps growing, and I keep having to deal with Mikey, bless his heart. It opens at 8 and then closes at 11. If you are going to the awards dinner and you do not have your tickets, I will get them to you if you come before the banquet, but they're not going to let you in the door without a ticket. So if you don't have a ticket, you're not going to eat. So just remember that um, because I know that I believe there, I know I have the scholarship winners tickets. I have um, some other tickets for someone I've got to meet in, um, outside of the banquet. And so I think we've got everybody covered. It's just that um, not everybody came and picked up their stuff. Uh, Mary, did you ever come get yours? Yes, ma'am. Okay, I couldn't remember. Okay, thank you very much. Um, are there any questions for Sally? Any issues? We had to go back to taking tickets at the door because we were having issues with banquets last year. So we decided to do that. So I'm sorry if that's inconvenient, but if you paid for the ticket, I paid for the banquet you deserve to eat. <laughs> um, all right. The only other thing on my agenda is the nominating committee. We need a nomination for the chair of the nominating committee, as all of you probably already know. And if you don't know, I'm going to tell you. Um, the way we operate is the nominating committee chair is, uh, is elected by the membership or by the board. One person from each credentialed chapter. Is that a right word? Yes. Okay. Um, chapter and just chapter and affiliate, right? Okay. Um, is allowed in the nominating room. Nobody else. One person. If you have two people from your chapter, one of you is going to leave. The door will be locked at 530. So if you're not there, you won't get to vote on the slate of officers. So are there any questions about that process from any of our new members that might be going to the nominating committee. So um, we talked about it a little bit in the first timers because there were a couple of people who did have questions. So hopefully um, if my first timers are in the meeting, they'll kind of remember. But again, as Sheila said, if you have questions, feel free to ask and I'm going to teach people how to pass. So is there a nomination from the floor for our no, um, nomination for the nominating committee chair? 
Yes, Eugene. All right, there's a nomination on the floor for Doug Hall to be the nominating committee chairperson. Is there a second? I'm sorry, Wanda, okay. Um, are there any other nominations from the floor for the nominating committee chair? Are there any other nominations from the floor for the nominating chair? And for the third and final time, are there any nominations from the floor? I move nomination to be closed. And Doug, do you accept the nomination? All right. Thank you, Doug Hall. So, are there any other issues or questions that you have? Because that is the end of the pre convention board meeting. <laughs> Anybody opposed? Absolutely not. <laughs> I'll see everybody tonight. <laughs>